0: Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five star rating. Enjoy the message. Today, we're finishing out our message series, Wisdom from the Wilderness or Wisdom in the Wilderness, you call it whatever you want. Really just uh, depends on where you are. Um, in your life where all of us have a wilderness, um, whether we're in it, we've just come out of it or we're on our way into it. You're guaranteed to have this. Now this is a little bit different. A wilderness is a little bit different than a storm today. As I'm talking about a wilderness, I want you to think more of just a, a, a personal, physical, financial challenge that you're facing. I want you to think of it as a spiritual battle that you're in. And I want you to process that uh, the wilderness that you're in is a necessary part of our lives. And God wants to speak to us in the middle of it. We're going to close today. I like to close talking about winning. Uh, I can't help it. I'm a little bit more optimistic than I am pessimistic. I'm not totally an optimist. I'm a little bit of a realist. But you know what? When I look at the glass, it's pretty much half full. One of the reasons is because I've just seen God do too many good things. And so I know that he's able and he's capable. And, you know, I want to believe the best in people. And I definitely want to believe the best in my God. And so here's what I would say to you today, no matter where you are. If you're with God, you're walking with him, he is for you. He's not against you. And he can carry you through whatever it is that you're facing today. Now, when we started this series, you know, today I'm talking about winning in the wilderness. But when we started this series uh, I gave you a definition for the wilderness. The wilderness is a season of God's development where God's promises and his presence are far or in doubt. Have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever felt like you're praying and nobody was listening? H- have you ever come into worship and, and you don't even feel worthy to lift up your hands? Have you ever? Have you ever read the Bible, and it just felt difficult and hard and, and, and dry. I have one friend, he talked about reading the Bible, and it felt like he was reading tax law. And that's not any fun, if you ask me. But you know what I'm talking about, where your spirituality is just like gone. And it doesn't mean, it's not that you don't love Jesus. It just feels like He's a long ways away. And also maybe there's some promises that you've been expecting from the Lord, that God was going to do some good things in your life. But because of life circumstances, now you're thinking, well, maybe I just need to settle for where I am. You know, I mean, where I am is better than where some other people are. And if I can just get okay with where I am, if I can just lower my expectations, I can make it through this and it'll just be fine. That might be the wilderness uh, that you're in. That That's really how I feel uh, when I've been in the wilderness. I shared with you that Back in 2009 or so, Kelly and I—we went through a wilderness that lasted for about four years. Uh, we were battling a number of things. We had Chinese drywall on our house. We were flipping houses, and the housing uh, boom had busted. And we we're we we're down in all that. We we're hustling, I was selling cars, paying people to buy houses from me, and that that's no fun. And then I was having a physical problem. I had all kinds of allergies I'd never had before. Remember, I told you I, I'll show some of you the pictures. If you wanna see a picture, my face was all swollen up. I look crazy. I will never put it on that screen because you guys will be sharing it all over the place. (laughs) But you know, it it wasn't that I felt embarrassed uh, uh, about it as much as I just felt complicated as a pastor. And I, I thought, you know what, if I can't help myself, how am I gonna help other people? Or there were so many other things on my mind, I felt like I couldn't be effective. Now, God was still blessing the church and the church was growing, but it felt to me like it was just hanging by a thread. Like I was just cobbling things together. Has anybody ever experienced a feeling like that? To me, that was our wilderness. And it just felt like we were grasping uh, for things. But here's one thing that I've learned. Is that in, in the wilderness, the enemy sure does seem to attack just before the promise arrives. Have you ever noticed that before? I think one of those old songs was Don't Give Up on the Brink of a miracle. Have you heard, ever heard that song before? You know, and it seems like the night is darkest just before the sun rises. I wonder how many times we have given up just before God showed up. I know that's what it was for us. In fact, you know, when we were in that moment, in that season of our life, you know, Kelly and I, we were, we were hustling with the church and our, our church, we had started a, a second campus and all of this stuff was going on. You know what? We started a second campus when our first campus didn't even have a building. And we were setting up and tearing down in a portable space all the time. It was, it was a crazy thing. And I thought, I marched these people off into deep water, and now we're all going to drown. And my, my own personal life feels like it's, it's in a mess. But you know what I found is just about in that fourth, fourth year when everything felt so crazy, it's like God was just saying, I'm, I'm just trying to get something into you, son, Because that's when the miracles began to happen. I remember seven years of being portable. I thought, when will we ever get our own place? Well, we got our own place. God God did the miraculous. We were only in that place for two years before we were having three services and the place was packed. There's no more room for anybody. And then I thought, I don't even know how we afforded the first place. How are we going to get the second place? Well, we got the second place and that second place was the biggest church property in all of Miami-Dade County. Crazy thing. And then would you believe also that God helped us so that we paid all of that property off? It was a miracle. And, you know, on our grand opening of that day, we, we, we turned away about six or 700 people that couldn't even get into the church. You know, when I look back on it now, I think, what would have happened if I had given up in the middle of my wilderness? See, I came to the conclusion, I shared this with you uh, a couple weeks ago, that the wilderness is not God's punishment, but it's his process. It's its development for us. See, there are things that if God had helped me and had blessed me or had enabled me to do particular things before that wilderness, I wouldn't have been ready to handle them. I couldn't have done it. There were were things that only a wilderness can get down into your life. You know, there's something that only gets down in you when you have to kneel and pray and seek God and depend on him. Because if we can do it in our own uh, strength, then, you know, we, we miss out on so many of the things that the Lord has for us. Now, some of us think think that only bad things come from the enemy. And well, that's true because every good and perfect thing does come from the Father above. But there are a lot of things that we think are bad that are not bad at all. It's actually a good Father disciplining us and shaping us and molding us. You know, a lot of the things that my children have experienced, pressure they've experienced that I've placed on them, it wasn't punishment at all. They didn't do anything wrong at all. It's just I have high hopes for them. So we stretch them and we push them. You know, Have you ever had anybody do that for you? Have you ever had a coach? Have you ever had a teacher that believed in you that nobody else believed in you? I I remember my first grade teacher. I had a friend, and she she would she would make fun of him in class. I remember his name was Poe, and 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 uh, you know, like Edgar Allan Poe, his name was Poe. And, you know, a name like Poe, that'll get you picked on in school as it is. But I remember my teacher, she, you know, she had a yardstick too. She'd come in, she'd slam it down on the table. I'd get real nervous not too nervous because I'd already seen that at home. I was a pro, but (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I mean, it made, it made me a little nervous. It was a stranger slinging that thing around. And then, but she would look at Poe and she'd say, Poe, your eyes are as big as saucers. I thought that's a terrible thing for a teacher to say. But have you ever had a teacher that, that believed in you, that knew you were capable of more a a coach that knew you were capable of more and they pressed you and pushed you on to do something better and you thought that they were picking on you but actually what they were doing is they were making you better. God uses the wilderness in our life a lot like that. Listen, I don't want you just to survive the wilderness. I want you to win in the wilderness. I want you to hear God's voice in the middle of your wilderness today. And you know what? I don't want you to set your expectations low. I don't want you to say, well, maybe I've just, this is my lot in life, and I'm just going to kind of hang out here. Listen, don't hang out in the wilderness. Don't wander in the wilderness. There's a promised land on the other side of the river, but we got to get the wilderness out of us in order for us to get out of the wilderness. Last week, we talked about how uh, Israel was leaving Egypt, and they wanted to get out of bondage, and then they get to the wilderness, water's edge when the Egyptian chariots were coming. And they said, God, we were better off in slavery than here. And Moses, why have you brought us out into this place? And they got into the wilderness and they complained about, you know, being in the wilderness. Last week I said, listen, the wilderness is a necessary thing to break free from your bondage. It's a doorway from bondage and and into God's promise. I want you to change your perspective just a little bit about the wilderness today. This is the last message in this series I, I want you to I want you to hear this really really good the wilderness is a blessing and and some of us will fix a lot of things in our life if we will stop being down in the mouth about our experiences and our life all the time I, I had just a quick trip to Cambodia this week and I'll share a little bit more of it you know we do so we, we've been so blessed to be involved with so many people Uh, for some time in Cambodia. It was an incredible time for us. But I come back reminding myself of how blessed I am. We have some incredible brothers and sisters, and there is a gospel movement that's happening in Cambodia. It's an incredible thing to see. But then I come back and I think of the things that I've complained about in my own life. Lord, why am I lacking this? I'm not lacking anything. I've been blessed beyond measure. Is there anybody that just like to get an attitude adjustment? in that along with me today, that you would say, God, help me to adjust my attitude on, on this life that I have. You know, like what John Maxwell says, he says your attitude determines your altitude. You know, the attitude is an instrument on an airplane. There's a, a line that represents the horizon. There's a dot that represents a plane. And, and that dot is the attitude. And when the dot is below the horizon, your attitude is down. When your attitude is down, you're gonna crash, but you lift your attitude up, you'll rise. Pathway Church, fix your attitude, whether you're in the wilderness, whether you're in bondage, whether you're in the promised land. Just get that fixed because God has been so good to us. There's a blessing that we can have here inside of the wilderness. And the enemy attacks just before the promise arrives. And it's the hardest just before the promise arrives. we know that. Like if you play video games, if you're a kid, you played a video game. The big monster, the big villain, was always at the end. You always have to defeat him before you win the championship. It's the same way in you know Major League Baseball. You got to play the most difficult opponent in, in in the last round of the playoffs before you get to get to the uh, <laughs> before you get to the World Series. <laughs> I was waiting on the next one. The next one's the SEC championship. Everybody knows the big game is the SEC championship before the national championship, right? The biggest monster, before you get to the promised land, it's always going to be Alabama. <laughs> Just putting that out there. We're not live streaming to Mississippi today, so I don't have to hear anybody complaining that I, I'm down on, on Ole Miss or anything. I think they lost yesterday, didn't they? I don't, don't, don't quote me on any of that, but... What's up with that, Mississippi, you know? That last challenge is the greatest challenge in your wilderness. It doesn't matter what your son or your daughter is doing. It doesn't matter what's going on in your marriage. It doesn't matter what's going on in your health or in your finances. It doesn't matter if when you read the Bible, you feel dry. If it feels like God isn't hearing your prayer. Listen, you stay close to Jesus regardless of how you feel. Don't trust your feeling, trust your faith. Don't trust your feeling, trust your God. He is faithful. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And if he's called you to go through a wilderness, you go through that wilderness faithfully. Come on, somebody bless the Lord today. Amen. Now, we learned that from Israel last week, and we learned it from Joseph the week before it. We saw him in the pit. We saw him Uh, In Potiphar's house, we saw him in prison. Finally, we saw him in the palace. You never, very rarely do you go straight to the palace. And if you do, the palace may be the biggest challenge of your life because one of the worst things that can happen to us is that we get discovered before we get developed. We need to be developed. That's one of the roles of the wilderness. Today, we're going to look at the most famous wilderness in the scriptures. That's the wilderness where Jesus was tested for 40 days. And let me tell you, if Jesus can be tested in the wilderness, what makes you think that you're going to get off so easy? You're not better than your master. You're not better than your savior. In fact, if, if he was persecuted, then we're going to be persecuted too. If he was tempted, then we're going to be tempted too. If he was tested, we're going to be tested too. In fact, the, the incredible thing about Jesus who what qualifies him to be our Savior. One of the things that qualifies, us is, qualifies him is that the Bible says that he was tempted in every manner which is common to man. Now just think about that for a second. But that's not the end of the sentence. The end of the sentence, he was tempted in every way which is common to man, yet he was without sin. He's perfect. He completed the task. He said, Father, if it's possible, please let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. He went all the way through. Listen, if he had not gone all the way through, you and I would not have salvation. If there hadn't been a crucifixion, there wouldn't have been a burial. If there hadn't been a burial, there wouldn't have been a resurrection. If there hadn't been a resurrection, there wouldn't have been an ascension. If there wasn't an ascension, there wouldn't be Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us today. He had to go all the way through. You better go all the way through as well. While we depend on Jesus, there are other people depending on us. You know, Our soul is at stake. The, the souls of our families at stake, this community's at stake. Don't you quit in the middle of the wilderness. Finish and win. Any winners in the house today? Any champions in the house today? Amen. Luke chapter four, verses one through four details this. The Bible says, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit left the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Who was he led by? the spirit. So not everything that puts you in the wilderness is from the enemy. Sometimes the spirit just brings us right on in there. It's, it's, it's okay. God, why are you doing, why are you letting this happen to me? Maybe God is doing it to you. Oh no, pastor, this is the enemy. Well, if it's the enemy, it's okay. The Lord's not going to leave you. He's going to be there with you. But here's the difference between God and Satan is God is everywhere God is omnipotent, he's all-powerful, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere at one time. Satan is not. He's not God. He's a finite being. You know what? He's got got to keep a calendar so he doesn't stay too busy. God is never too busy. And, And so this is what happens. You may be in the wilderness and Satan is not even with you in the wilderness until the very end. And that's when he shows up. So Jesus is Led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. So he was fasting. He was fasting for 40 days. There are a number of people that will do a 40-day fast. Whew. <laughs> that just kind of took my breath away right there, you know. Because I'm going, you know, well, I'm looking forward to lunch today. And, and I already had a bagel and cream cheese this morning. You know, that, that's kind of my go-to you know, i I got I to pace myself. It, if I don't get a little food, I start... Or I'm like those Snicker commercials, you know? get a little, get a little angry. Let's <clears throat> tell the truth. Get a little hangry, actually, you know? And for 40 days. Now, some people will do uh, 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 a Daniel fast. Some people will fast TV, you know? Uh, personally, I, I like to fast like rutabagas or fast. Um <laughs> You know, I'm a f- brothers and sisters today. I'm here to announce a 40 day Brussels sprout fast. <laughs> Jesus fasted all food for 40 days and he was hungry. The reason he did this is because he was emptying himself of himself so that he could be as close to the Father as possible. When you're in the wilderness, you need to be close to the Lord, you need to be close to him. He ate nothing. During those days, and at the end, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. I want to pause there for a second. Let me tell you something the enemy does in your wilderness. One of the first things he does is he causes you to question who you are in the wilderness. Why are these things happening to God? God, you must be displeased with me. You must reject me. You must not approve of me. What is it I've done? Have I done something wrong? Listen. Listen to me, the enemy wants to cause you to second guess your faith. In fact, I always try to encourage people that, you know, when they're going public with their faith, don't look back. You know, any man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. If the enemy can can convince you that you are not who God says you are, then he's won the victory. Some of the greatest moments I've ever had spiritually in my life I've walked right out of the church, only to have an issue right outside the church. And I've seen it right here in our own church. I've seen a little road rage trying to get out on Moffitt. I'm not going to lie. I saw it. I saw it. You know who you are, right? (laughs) Everybody's all nervous because, you know, it was one person, one week, probably about 30% of us here. I've had some big challenges. You know, Kelly and I put a rule together for ourselves on Sunday morning that we don't talk about bills, we don't talk about stressful things, anything like that on Sunday morning. No questions on Sunday morning because the enemy is just looking for an opportunity to mess us up. Hey, you know what it's like to step into the pulpit and preach after you just got into an argument with your wife? You know what that's like? And forget that, man. That's, that's, for, that's for the birds right there. You know what I mean? The enemy will cause you to question, well, God, maybe that promise that you gave me, maybe I just was hearing things. And, you know, that, that promise seems so far, you know, even Jesus had to hear Satan questioning him about his identity. Listen to what he said. He said, if you are, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. That's a, that's a dangerous thing there. I mean, you know, in uh, Back to the Future, nobody called Michael J. Fox a chicken. You, you just can't do that, you know. It, you, you, you can't do that. The, Satan was calling Jesus out, saying, prove to me who you are. Making Even trying to make Jesus question who he was. And listen, Jesus was capable of sinning. He did not sin. But he was fully God and fully man. And he was tempted in every way that was common to me and you and every other person in here. Yet he remained steadfast and faithful to the Father. The enemy will cause you to question who you are. Listen to me. Really good. You are created in the image of God. You have a promise. You have a hope and a future. You are sons and daughters of God. You have been bought with a price, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You are not what the world says you are. You are not what your daddy said you are. You are not what my first grade teacher said Poe was. You are who God says you are. And when the enemy presses in on you and causes you to doubt your identity, you tell him to step to the back of the line. You're busy talking to Jesus. We're listening to him. And it doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter if we don't see the evidence of what the Lord is seeing. Listen, if you're a child of God, walk like you're a child of God. Talk like you're a child of God. Surround yourself with other people who are children of God. Doubt the doubt and have faith in Jesus Christ. And you know what? He'll see you through the wilderness. But you got to listen to him. And then Satan goes on and he says, or I mean uh, Jesus answers, and he says, it is written that man shall not live on bread alone. So can I give you my version of that? Jesus looked at Satan, he said, bye, Felicia. You know, he said, not today, not today. Not today, Satan, We, we got that for, not today, Satan. It's that great challenge. You know, we're not gonna avoid it. The wilderness is a requirement for people who want to fulfill the promises of God. So if you want to be used greatly by God, you've got to expect the wilderness. And what you'll find is the closer you get to the Lord, the more capacity you have for the wilderness and things that you thought were devastating before, wilderness before, now you'll look back and you say, well, what was a big deal in that? It wasn't so big because you've seen the faithfulness of God. Here, here's what I just want to say to you, lose the doubt. If you're going through a wilderness, you're going to go through another wilderness. You're going through a wilderness. Just go ahead and know that the outcome is secure in Jesus Christ. You are secure in Jesus. Now, listen, I don't don't necessarily believe in uh, unconditional eternal security, right? But I also don't believe in uh, unconditional eternal insecurity either. You know, I, I don't believe that God's just waiting to kick me out. Listen, God loves me. He's called me. He's going to run with me if I'll run with him. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recognize that God is the constant and I'm the variable. And if I'm not in relationship with God, it's not because of God. It's because of me. And so in the wilderness, I'm just going to come right up next to Jesus really close. I see that all the time with my kids, with, with people I'm with. You ever get, no, listen, when, when, we're, when we're walking through, Uh, an airport in transit internationally in a, in a place. I've noticed everybody sticks real close. You don't have to say, Hey, keep up, man. People don't want to get stuck on the other side of the planet. And you know, when you walk into a place that's strange, you walk into a social environment, people stick together unless you are just like a super social butterfly, then you're, you're off. But usually we want to stick close. Listen, when you're in the wilderness, get up close to Jesus. Here's, here's another great thing about the wilderness, and this is one of the reasons it's a requirement. It's a requirement if God's going to use you, here's what happens. God uses the wilderness to bring revelation in your life. There are some things you'll go through that you can only hear the voice of God if you go through those things. When everything's good around us, then what we have the tendency to do is we say, "Well, look how smart I am. look how strong I am. Look at how I put this stuff together. But when things are falling apart falling apart. How often do we go to the Lord and say, God, I need you so bad today? And when we get close to Jesus, we hear his voice. A lot of times we can't hear his voice because we're listening to everybody else's voice. But in the wilderness, we get close to him, we can hear him. That's exactly where we need to be. You know what? We don't have to wait until we get in trouble. We don't have to wait until we get into the wilderness to get close to the Lord and hear his voice. The wilderness is a requirement. Isaiah chapter uh, requirement because it, it brings revelation. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. The Bible says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. So I just want to stop today, and I want to say thank God for the wilderness. Thank God for the trials thank god for the difficulties thank god that when Kelly and I were starting a church and she was pregnant and you know, about to burst with Courtney and she quit her job and had that baby and I quit my job so I could work at the church we went from two really great incomes to being church planters boom just like that it was crazy thank god that God never let us down not one time Not one time, but I'll tell you what, I heard his voice. I heard his voice. Let me just get you over to Luke chapter 4 and verse 9. The Bible says the devil led him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, remember he's causing the enemy to attack. The, the enemy was attacking who Jesus was. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Just finish this thing out. It's not your job to prove anything to the enemy. It's just your job to be faithful to the Lord. And you know what? Here's Rudy Rudiger. You know, Rudy Rudiger, Notre Dame, that little short kid that ran out there in the last play. I think they're playing Georgia Tech, that great movie, the only movie I've ever been in that got a standing ovation at the end of the movie. I, I can't stand Notre Dame about as much as I can't stand Ohio State, about as much as I can't stand Florida State, Seminoles. I don't even know what a whole Knoll is, much less a semi Knoll, you know? <laughs> Man. At least be a little sympathetic with the dad jokes, okay? <laughs> I, you know, I, I just think, I just think we, we got nothing to prove to the enemy. We got nothing to prove to him. We just got to be faithful to the Lord. So let me give you this really quickly. Three things about how to win in the wilderness. Actually, um, Philip, if you go ahead and come to the keys, it'd be great. Number one, remember that God loves you. And if you haven't heard anybody tell you they love you, I want you to know this. The Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. I love you too. I love you too. I really do. I really love, I really love my church. And when I say my church, I'm not talking about a, an incorporated entity. I'm talking about Tracy, you know, Talking about George and D. Talking about you. And you know what? I, I think I love people just naturally. God gave that to me. But then He gave me something even more. It's the love of God. It's an unconditional love that I didn't deserve. H- have you experienced that love? that while you were yet in sin, Christ died for you? You recognize that? Have you ever felt unworthy and God still accepted you? He still loved you? You know what, when you've been loved like that, it's a little bit easier to love like that, isn't it? I think that's one of the best things about Pathway Church. While the whole world is raging about everything, everything, the love of God is in this place. And you know what, God put that here. The Lord loves you. Remember that today. Luke chapter 3 and verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. That's the father talking about his only son begotten son. You do understand what happens when we're saved? That we are adopted. It's actually called adoption. Theologically, we are adopted into the family of God. The reason that Jesus is called the only begotten son of the father is because Jesus, because the father has many sons and many daughters. But he's the only begotten. The rest of us are adopted. And so when God says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, he says, I, l- I love him. He says the same thing about you. And even if he never said it, You know, it's true because he gave his only begotten son to express his love for you and me. We turned our backs on him and he went after us. I love that shirt. I saw somebody wear it. He said, I'm the one that Jesus left the 99 for. I love that. I love that. How many of you say, I'm the one? I'm the one today. God went after you. He went after you because he loved you. The second thing that Jesus did in the wilderness, first thing was he recognized that the Father loved him. Second thing is that he repeated God's word. So when the enemy accused him and questioned him, then he answered by repeating the word of God. Every time he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. You can't repeat the word of God if you don't know the word of God. And when you get in the wilderness, boy, it is great to have a deep well of the word of God that you can go to to remind yourself who you are and who God is, that he is faithful and that he he will rebuke the enemy. He'll go before you, that he's called you and that you're forgiven, you're saved, you're healed, you're free. You know, there are a lot of you here that love Jesus and you battle with things, those temptations. Listen, God loves you. Keep battling keep fighting don't accept that addiction don't throw that thing off there's deliverance in jesus christ there's deliverance in him you are not what you have done in your past you you may have heard well you always do that I, i expected that from you don't don't accept that you are not what the enemy says you are who god says repeat the word of god over your own life. You are victorious. You are more than conquerors. Do you understand? Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he said that you are more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. You know what a conqueror is? Floyd Mayweather is a conqueror. You know, Evander Holyfield is a conqueror. Uh, Muhammad Ali was a conqueror. You know, more than a conqueror, that's when Evander, uh, that's when the champion fighter takes that prize check. After he sweat, bled, and fought, he walks over and gives it to his wife. She didn't train. She didn't fight. She didn't bleed. He was a conqueror. She's more than a conqueror. You know what? That's who we are in Christ Jesus. I didn't fight. I didn't bleed. I wasn't crucified. I wasn't beaten. I wasn't mocked. Jesus did that for me. And you know what? If I can recognize that, all I have to do is repeat God's word over my life. When the enemy sows doubt in my mind, I can say, no, I am free. I am saved. I am healed. Amen. Stand with me. I want to just last uh, and resist the temptation to quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18. But forget all that. Forget all of that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm going to do a brand new thing. See, I've already begun, don't you see it? I will make a road through the wilderness of the world for my people to go home and create rivers for them in the desert. Don't quit. Just because your environment is challenging, don't quit. God God can bring you out of the wilderness or he can transform the wilderness right where you are. You know, some of you wanna move out of your neighborhood, but some of you are gonna stay right in your neighborhood and bring the kingdom of God right to that neighborhood, bring blessing in the wilderness. Some of you want to escape your family, but God's going to use you to transform your family. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't quit. Luke 4 verse 13. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. This is my prayer for you. Is that you would make it through your wilderness you would win and you would walk out filled with the holy spirit of god strong and mighty in him how many of you believe god can do that for us today amen amen if that's you right now you say pastor i'm going through it i'm asking the spirit of god to strengthen me right now i want everything that god has for me and i don't want this wilderness or this weight to slow me down. I want to press through it and I want to win. I don't just want to survive. I want to win. If that's you right where you are, slip up your hand today. Amen. If you see someone slipping up their hand, would you just put a hand on their shoulder right now? Just reach over. I just need you to make an altar right where you're going to pray for one another. And let's do that right now. Father, we thank you for your grace and your strength today in this house. Lord, thank you for my brothers and sisters who are called by you. You you have ministered to them. You have brought them to this place and there's nothing that they can face, Lord, that can separate you from, the, from them, that can separate them from the love of God. Not height, not depth, not principalities, not problems, not jobs, nothing. Father, I pray not only would you take them through it, but you make them stronger and equip them for all that you have for them. Father, I'm praying that you raise up men and women of God fully outfitted for the calling of God in their life. Lord, you do your strong work today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor, I'm not in a wilderness. I'm separated from Jesus. I'm not following Jesus today, but I want to accept Jesus today. I want to make my life right with God. If that's you, right where you are, slip up your hand really quickly, really quickly. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it today. Amen, God bless you. Amen, God bless you. I see that God bless you. Is there anyone else right now? Amen. God bless you. Father, I pray that you would touch your people today. There's a quick way out of this one. Quick way out of it. Quick way into relationship with you. It doesn't require a 40-day trek through a wilderness. It's simply this, that if we would confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is what we pray today. All over this house, pray this prayer with me. We've got a few people here today that are asking God to renovate their life. Pray this prayer of confession, confession of sin and confession that Jesus is Lord. Let's go to him. Pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge who I am and I acknowledge who you are. I'm broken and separated from you. I'm a sinner and I need you as my Savior and my God. Forgive me of my sins. Make me right with you. And equip me for every good thing. Make me the person you need me to be. And that you have called me to be victorious and mighty in you. I declare that I am saved. I am forgiven. And I am made right with you. And I honor you for that today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together and let's bless God today. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.